It's time for Golf DMV, highlighting golf in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and anywhere else they travel. If you love golf and like to laugh, Golf DMV is your place. This ain't your stuffy, snobby, boring golf show. It's Golf DMV. Welcome back to Golf DMV, brought to you in part by the Love Life Cafe, conveniently located in Laurel, Maryland. The website is thelovelifecafe.com. They've got coffees, they've got espressos, they've got teas, and they also have these pressed raw juices. That's what I like, the pressed raw juices. And I tried something new the last time I was there. I got the punch shot. It's got ginger, turmeric, hot pepper, garlic and lime and when they call it a punch shot it's a punch shot you're going to feel that one i also like the hydration station coconut water pineapple turmeric ginger lemon cucumber all mixed up there in one nice refreshing juice from the love life cafe check out their website thelovelifecafe.com the next time that we do a live recording we are going to do it at the love life cafe we're going to buy coffee we're going to buy juices i also have a coffee mug says love life cafe on it and i've got a t-shirt my wife looked at the t-shirt the other day and she and she said something whatever was on the t-shirt i think it's something about love coffee or love life coffee or something like that. She said, what does that mean? I got it from the Love Life Cafe. And instantly, we felt the love right there. Tell them Golf DMV sent you. Uh, the, the, the code is golf or love. You can say either one of those words, and they're going to take care of you there at the Love Life Cafe. The lovelifecafe.com, that's the website. Also, welcome to uh, Reveal Wealth. Uh, yeah, our new sponsors. You're going to be hearing more from them and about them in the upcoming weeks. But yeah, shout out to Al Johnson and to Broderick Young uh, for becoming part of the Golf DMV team. They care about your financial journey, whether it's financial planning, retirement planning, business planning, estate planning, insurance planning, charitable giving. Whatever it is, they take a holistic approach to your wealth management. You're going to hear for yourself from them on this show about how they can help you establish yourself um, financially and, and plan uh, for the life that you want to live. Uh, just shout out to these brothers for reaching out and becoming sponsors. Again, that's Reveal Wealth. You can go to their website, WeRevealWealth.com. Again, that's WeRevealWealth.com. Integrity, clarity, objectivity. That's what they say. All right, so we've got a special show for you today. Vern, Lawrence, and myself, man, we got a call to come up to TPC Potomac right there at Avenel Farm and do an interview ahead of the Wells Fargo Championship, okay? So number one, shout out to our, our guy, Brian Bishop, uh, for connecting us and, and having us do that. Thanks to Carly and to Lee and all those people uh, involved uh, with that whole thing. Uh, but yeah, Brian, we can't thank you enough, man. Got a chance to speak with Jim Bones Mackay. That's right. Caddy to the stars. Jim Bones Mackay was our guest uh, up there at TPC Avenue. And we also had a chance to speak with Gary Soba. He's the tournament director of, of the Wells Fargo Championship. I'm done talking. Let's get to the interviews. Bones is up first and then Gary Soba after that one. It's Golf DMV. Golf DMV, we have golf royalty joining us. First of all, we're in a really fancy boardroom at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm. Never been in a place like this before. Chances are, may never get back into a place like this. We're going to take full advantage of it uh, while we're here. Golf royalty joining us here, ladies and gentlemen. Lawrence is in the house. Mm -hmm. We love him, not golf royalty. Vernon's in the house. Love him equally the same, not golf royalty. Everyone knows I'm trash. I'm nowhere near golf royalty. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've got Jim Bones Mackay joining Golf DMV. That's a polite golf clap from the Golf DMV crew. Sir, thank you so much for joining us on Golf DMV. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. And I'm not golf royalty. I'm a caddy. Let's just get that straight. It's great to be here with you guys. It's, uh, this is going to be fun. Oh, man. Well, we're here uh, you know, at TPC Avenel, uh, host site of 
the Wells Fargo Championship coming up uh, this year in 2022 uh, in May. And, uh, you know, we'll get into the tournament. We'll get into some of that stuff. But I have some internal stuff that I really need some official clarification on for people who are familiar with our show and namely the people who are in this room doing the show. So earlier uh, in 2021, we took a golf DMV trip to Pinehurst. I, don't, I didn't mean to start this way, but this is, I, I, yeah, just, I, I didn't think we were going there. There are just season, things I that fine. I need to verify. So we, we took a trip to Pinehurst <laughs> um, and we all had a great time. All of us, most of us, all of us had a good time. All of us had a good time. All, but all of us on the trip loved number two. Yes. Someone thinks number two is overrated. Okay. I don't aesthetically or just the, I don't know. Um, number two, though, your thoughts on Pinehurst number two. I didn't mean to start this way, but I just got to get this <laughs> off my chest and get it out of here. I think it's amazing. Okay. I love it. And, you know, I'm a little bit biased simply because as bitter a pill as it was to swallow when Phil lost to Payne Stewart there in 99 mm-hmm. and it stung for months if not years um, to be out there on that Sunday in those closing holes and it was kind of misting that evening mm-hmm. it was like almost like a movie set yes. um, it was crazy and, and, and in retrospect now and you get years away from it to look back at what Payne did on 16, 17 and 18 it's like like man I'm, I'm glad I was there to witness it I sure. mean, we, we took it on the chin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I couldn't agree with you more it's it's amazing and i'm a big don ross fan and and uh, i've never played it i've only caddied on it which is the case with a lot of great courses wow. but i can't wait to get there on a trip myself i'm jealous that you guys got to go oh we got to go you know the next time we go i'll make sure that we reach out to you Sweet. and you can join our golf damn feature if you'd like to uh, okay lawrence um so bones doesn't think he thinks it's wonderful he's not over anyway you can start with your line of questioning no you- we, we've got to finish this now that you started it so i am the one who wasn't in Press so much with <laughs> number two. Okay. The reason I and these are my these are my reasonings, good or bad. Um, bad. <laughs> when I spend that kind of money to be, play a golf course, mm. I'm a I am a I am a. Um, he likes things to look pretty around. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a Hilton. I'm not a I'm a Hilton guy. I'm not a a Roadhouse Inn kind of guy. Now, if Roadhouse so, Inn would like to be a sponsor of Golf DMV, do not it, let Lawrence's yeah, comments yeah. deter you from sponsoring. But you, the show. you understand but, what I'm saying? If, if I pay that kind of money, I should see manicured fairways in my mind. Right. I should see manicured fairways, pristine bunkers with the white sand. It should look like I just spent three hundred dollars to play it, and not seventy. Huh. That's a great point, and it, it makes me think of of a player I heard one time who was talking about you know renowned. Architects, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of this okay. generation, right, if you right. will, who said, I remember he was criticizing this guy that's got a pretty big name, and he said, That guy's not an architect, he's a landscaper. Okay. And that really made me think, and it, to your point, right. I mean, you know, this guy, you know, designs courses, this, this player thought that, you know, roses mm-hmm. and waterfalls or whatever, right. and, and the player thought it should be more about, mm-hmm. about the layout. But it's funny. I, I can't, I can't, and won't throw this one guy under the bus. But I heard a very successful golfer who won a big tournament there once uh-huh. told me a week or two after he won the tournament, he wasn't that wild about the course, even okay. though he won and right. all, okay. got all the spoils that went with it. So, mm-hmm. to your point, I, I, I can right. see how you know, you know, yeah. you, I mean, you might not all agree right? on it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's well, a, it's I, a viable opinion. What did Bobby Jones say about St Andrews the first time he ever went there? Didn't he walk off or right. something yeah. like right. that? Right. You know, every time, exactly. So. I, I think that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life, but all due respect to Bob Jones. Right. You know, so. Well, and those who are familiar with the show understand it exactly. That's Lawrence's take because his, he, he's a man of the finer things in life. Well, yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're going to pay that kind of money, yeah. you should get some kind of right. luxury features right. from 
human. That's, yeah. At least that's my opinion. Okay. Well, now okay. that I got the selfish question right. out the okay. way, Lawrence uh, Brooks. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I have a line of questions, and mine are going. We're going way back. We're going way back. Oh wow. Let's do it. I got All a good right. memory. Okay. Very good. When you so when you were a kid, you grew up in were raised, born in England, and yeah. then trans, and then you know moved here to the United States. You know, most kids much like Vernon. Most mm-hmm. kids uh, trans, you know, change change uh, elementary schools. You change countries, right? How did that? How did that go? How did you deal with that? That might be one of the most incredible questions I've ever met. No one's ever come. Anyway, that's a great question <laughs> okay. because it was tough. <laughs> oh, because okay. one of the things that was weird for me was that. They do things a little quicker over there in England. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I show up and, you know, the administrators of the elementary school are trying to figure out where this kid's at. Uh-huh. And one of the things they suggested, which I wish they hadn't, was, hey, let's have that guy skip a grade. Uh-huh. So I came over and I, I, was, I went from third to fifth. Ooh. Whoa. Which meant that when I was a senior in high school, I was basically 16 my entire right. um, you know, senior yeah, year yeah, in yeah. high school, uh-huh. and I wish that hadn't been the case looking back on it. It wasn't a smart decision right. on anybody's part, but it was a tough transition. And, of course, you know, you have an accent at the time. Fortunately, right. you know, for me, you know, living over here, I lost it. But, like, uh-huh. everyone in the class is like, man, is this guy from Mars? You know, they, <laughs> they never heard anything like it. Wow. That is interesting. Right, so you were a senior and just – couldn't even drive. I mean, almost exactly. You know, everybody wow. else was, you know, a couple more years into, you know, into driving right, and all that right. stuff and, you know, getting bigger and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I was already the skinniest kid in school, right, I mean, right. you know, and at that point I'm six, four now I was nowhere near six, four. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, I would, I would have appreciated another e- a year to grow sure. up. Okay. Yeah. Right, very good. Interesting. Uh, on that same line. So I'm, I'm two years and eight days older than you. Okay. Very precise. Yes. yes. Congratulations. So, he's a fellow fellow tourist. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I was in high school, doing that graduation, around the graduation time, we were all looking forward to the year 2000. You know, where, where are we going to be in the year 2000? There was the big millennium change, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we mapped out, you know, in the year 2000, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, be at this point in my life. I'm going to have this, I'm going to have these many kids, I'm going to be married, I'm going to live in the suburbs, all that kind of stuff. Did you all have those kind of conversations and – where did you see yourself in the year 2000? Well, I realized at some point that whatever I did, it had to be outside. Okay. I cannot sit in a room and work. I realized that as I got out of college and came close to taking a job at a bank. In fact, I took a job at a bank, right. took a two-year leave of absence to caddy, and you know, never went mm-hmm. back. But mm-hmm. I realized I just, you know, I'll go pick up trash. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I have to <laughs> right. be outside. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I just loved golf okay you know i grew up with no money i lived in a town thank god new smyrna beach florida that had a locally owned a city-owned municipal golf course partially designed by donald ross our old friend (laughs) and i could go out there for free after three o'clock and play for nothing okay and that changed my life okay and so i fell in love with golf i would get golf world magazine for christmas and it would come every single week and i would read it six times and i could tell you where every player on the tour Uh went to college i was just obsessed with the tour and Uh I knew I, I played golf, and it, it kind of got me into college, and I played on a Division two golf team. But, okay. you know, I went to a U.S. Amateur qualifying at one point, which was a complete waste of money because I, I certainly wasn't ever going to go to qualify. But I okay. saw Davis Love play as about a 19- or 20-year-old, uh-huh. and that was – the clarification I needed that I was going to have to get a real job <laughs> right, at some right. point. Yeah. Like, know. yeah, I'm not going to make it on tour. Right. I'm going to find yeah, right. yeah. I was not going to be putting up 67s for the next 20, 30 years. So, um, but I always thought to myself, I, in college, I would lie in bed thinking about my future like we all do. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, that, that caddying's got to be the coolest job in the world. And right, so, right. 
you know, that's where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I just got a series of lucky breaks that got me there. Okay. So you, you said that this caddy thing has got to be the coolest job in the world. I mean, you, you've, you've done it at the highest level. Is it the coolest job in the world? Well, it is, but I think it's like any other job. You, you have to get a couple of breaks. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, it goes without saying that the coolest thing about caddying is when you walk onto the first tee with what, an amazing player. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for those of us that have had that opportunity, you know, it, it, that's amazing. But it's like any other job. You know, if you don't fall into a great situation right away, you have to work your tail off. Mm-hmm. You can run into some, you know, breaks or, or, or lose your job, and it can be nothing that you did. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, so you can really take your lumps out there. And, of course, we all got out there pre-Tiger. When caddies didn't make any money, we were sleeping four to a hotel room, Mm -hmm. two high scores, sleep on the floor. And we just did it (laughs) because we loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I caddied at Cypress Point the last year they had the tournament there. I caddied the Masters. My first year as a professional caddy, the British Open was at St. Andrews. I mean, my head was spinning. So, you know, I've I've been fortunate. Hopefully, I've done a a job that my players are happy with, but Mm -hmm. I've been lucky. I don't want to ever lose sight of that. Yeah. Was there ever a shot you remember at your caddy in where you're looking and you're saying, gosh, this guy is so good? Or how in the world did he make that shot? (laughs) How much? I mean, we just don't (laughs) don't have enough time. You know, I will say that one of the things that really got me about those guys, even with Phil, you know, any of those guys, I always would have thought that, if they were going to play the best round of their lives, it would be, you know, in Palm Springs when you're in 40th place and there's six people watching you and no one really cares <laughs> right, all that right, much, right, you know. Right. But the reality is when you start talking about those generational players, obviously Tiger, obviously Phil, you know, Phil played the greatest round of golf I ever saw him play. I carried from him for 25 years. Mm-hmm in a British Open when he was five back going into Sunday and one by three. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that right. you can do that in, with the world watching, watching to yes. win a tournament you've never won before yeah. on one of the most iconic courses in the world, that right. still blows me away sitting mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I believe you talked about uh, Matt Wolf being one of the, you know, an incredible iron player. And when I, when I heard that comment, I thought, I was like, man, how do you differentiate between, you've seen so much good golf, like, how do you differentiate? So in May, when everybody's here, all the spectators here watching the Wells Fargo, how can the spectators see the golfers through a caddy's eyes, right? Beyond the result of he hit it far or he made the green. <laughs> yeah. What, right. what are you? What are some things you're looking for? Some some of the nuance you're looking for in either the the setup or how they choose their shots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of it is the sound. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, as a caddy, you know where you sit and you watch these guys hit tens of thousands of shots on the range, and the guys are hitting. You start mm-hmm. to hear a certain sound. Right. Okay. And, you know, as great as all those players are, some of them compress the ball just a little bit differently. And, like, I was always blown away by Butch Harmon. Butch Harmon. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's Vern's magic word. Compress. I love that. We all play golf. (laughs) You know, I don't do it that often, but on that, on those Wait, you don't play golf that often? No, I don't compress it that often. (laughs) Man, are you kidding me? I work at it every, I I drove home from LA two nights ago, took a red eye here. I hit balls before I went to the airport. I'm like you guys, man. I love golf. I want to get better. I'm not going to, but I want to. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's, you know, it's the sound it's those little things you start picking up like the thing that always blew me away from Butch about Butch Harmon right. who in my opinion is mm-hmm. the fact that guy's not in the golf hall of fame is ridiculous is ridiculous mm-hmm. if you take that guy's resume and you cut it in half right. he's still <laughs> the greatest teacher yeah. of all time yeah, exactly. but he's but it's it, it is what it is and the list is crazy crazy but I, you watch that guy give lessons and 
he'll break down what the player did wrong, and he never watched where the ball went. He just hears it. He, you know, he hears it and sees the movement. I don't. I don't. I already know that it, it hooked forty feet left of your target. Right. I thought to myself, that's a guy that knows yeah, yeah. golf. You, you can't fake that sound. Exactly. So when we're out there watching, exactly. That's where, okay. Okay. And, and you know, so to your point, you know, Wolf, you know, who's going to be here, and it's going to be an amazing tournament here mm-hmm. in a couple of months. He's fun to watch because certainly it's not a swing you're going to teach your you know your son right, or your right, daughter right. but it, it works it, it's repeatable he played amazing at the uh, u.s open in wingfoot a couple years ago yep. he showed he's got big cojones he's yep. here to stay mm-hmm. and uh like i mean i just the depth on the tour these days is a joke yes yeah, an absolute right. so joke right. yes. and uh, whether we're talking about matt or any one of a number of the other golfers going to be here it's just it's a great time to be on the pga tour absolutely, yeah. absolutely. we talk about the, the golf that's going to happen here let's talk a little bit about the wells fargo championship and how important uh the wells fargo championship has been in supporting caddies yeah they, they, they've been amazing and 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 it, it's nice for me in that i've seen both sides of this mm-hmm. i mean certainly you know um when I showed up caddying in 1990, there were certainly golf shops, uh, you know, at the golf courses that would say "public welcome, no caddies." Mm, so you kind wow. of start there, and, and things have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, certainly, what's gone here, at, uh, gone on here at TPC at Avenel has been terrific. They've treated us extremely well, and also, if you think about, if you go back over the last 20, 30, 40 years in golf, one of the great caddy stories in my opinion, it's ever happened, happened here when Rich Beam won. Okay. I mean, Rich Beam came out of, he came out of a, a shop selling cell phones, right? Got <laughs> right. on the tour. Uh-huh. You know, some people thought he overachieved, though he went on to win a major and, yep. you know, beat Tiger down the stretch. He proved how great he was. But, you know, here he was with this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and the late, great Steve Duplantis was caddying for him here. Mm-hmm. And I think Jim Nance said, you know, they had the boom mics out there. You could l- right. hear these conversations, not only about what they were you know, dealing with golf wise, but what Rich Beam was dealing with with head wise. Mm-hmm. You know, right. can I handle this moment? Right. And Steve Duplantis was amazing that day. And Jim Nance called it one of the great caddy jobs in the history of the game, something like that. Sure. And, and, and it was. And so every time I come here now, you know, you think you know, these memories come flooding back as the things that have gone here. But I think about the Beam victory in Duplantis, and again, how well we've been treated here. No, no, absolutely. And, and it's interesting you mentioned that because a lot of times we talk about the caddy player relationship from the view of the player. Yes. What would a player need? the caddy but I imagine as a caddy you know how do you realize whether a player might be the right mix for you or, or you, like whether you can act, whether you can mm. work with this guy or serve right. you know the, in, in what avenue that they need you 100 percent right because mm-hmm. it's a marriage mm-hmm. right you know yeah. you know I've got my wife wife and you know and then, you, <laughs> right. you know I love it my wife wife <laughs> and, and, and you know <laughs> and wife, but you yeah. you know you, you know you're in a you, you have this working relationship with these people and it's mm-hmm. a tremendous number of hours mm-hmm. and you know Oftentimes, it's these players are under a tremendous amount of stress if they have haven't you know won a tournament in their careers or they haven't been making cuts mm-hmm. or they're feeling a little financial pressure themselves. So there's all kind. It's real life stuff going on out sure. here. Obviously, they're playing right. golf for a living and can make a lot of money. But you know, you you have to the, the player. It's and the caddy, but the player needs to find someone that hey, this guy can do the job or woman mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think I can spend an inordinate amount of time with them under some tough circumstances and still enjoy myself, and that's a huge part of the player-caddy relationship. Right. Nice, so nice. do you have to, I won't say have to, but do you recommend or do most caddies and their player, 
Do they spend how much time do they spend together outside of the golf, just in order to understand one another, their, their idiosyncrasies and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's a great question. It, nowadays, it's more time together. It, when I first started in '90, it was a little bit more old school, kind of like the players did their things, the caddy did their own. Okay. Um, but you will all the time. You know, the week of the tournament here at, at Wells Fargo, you will you will see players and their caddies having dinner or grabbing lunch. And certainly, okay. I did it with Phil. Mm-hmm hundreds or thousands of times um but but you're right it's uh, you you know you can become you know some some of these relationships are you know brotherly Mm -hmm. and some of them are very just work you know work wise if you will so that you know whatever works for you you just got to get the job done okay well let's talk about you for a second suppose you know you're getting ready for a tournament starts this thursday and for some ridiculous reason you choose me to be your caddy bad mistake you know horrible but suppose you make the mistake what would you need from a caddy as a caddy yeah you know suppose you what would you need from your caddy i would expect that when i show up and play for the first time on tuesday or wednesday or even monday that any question i ask you about the golf course you can answer okay and that that doesn't necessarily mean that this eight footer breaks three inches left means that Hey, if the pin's front right here, what's our bailout? Mm. Something okay. like that. Yeah. So, okay. you know, I want to get to every single tournament 24 hours before my player, mm-hmm. at least, mm-hmm. and see the golf course so I can answer that question. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're playing out there, especially now in these par fives and you get these greens now that are so quick, mm-hmm. you, you're going to get asked, hey, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't hit the green here with this three iron, where do I want to be? You know, questions like that you have to be able to answer. And, uh, you know, you're doing, you know, we're all checking these weather apps now Mm -hmm. all the time because, (laughs) you know, if I go play golf, you know, tomorrow and it's 60 degrees or 80 degrees, it doesn't mean a thing in terms of how far my six iron goes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can promise you when the temperature changes and the sun goes behind clouds, these guys hit the ball so hard, so flush, it makes a difference in terms of how far the ball is going to fly. And so you're, you're thinking about the weather, the wind, uh, you know, what they did last week, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are they in a good mood? You know, do they have a toothache? Anything, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? All you're just, right. you got to know your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do caddies just walk the courses to prep or do they, yeah, do you play sometimes? No, it's a great question. We wish, but the reality is, you know, you know, we're not all great players. Right. And so I would probably damage the course in some respect, <laughs> or at least, you know, they don't want to see, you know, the divots I take don't look like, right. you know, Tiger Woods divots. Right, right. You know what I mean? They're not dollar bill divots like you hear the, the top commentators call on TV. There's something else. Mm-hmm. They're car wreck divots. But, um, no, we, we wish we could, but uh, it's funny. A lot of these golf courses that we've been around, Dozens and dozens and dozens of times we've never played. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so in that preparation, though, so you are able to walk the course, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. So you get there, you know, two or three days or 24 hours before the player. You're allowed to walk the course and take measure and and take notes now because you can't use the yardage books anymore, correct? The greens books. Greens it's books. getting really right. interesting. And, like, a perfect example is going to be this year's British Open at St. Andrews. Okay. Because when I caddied there for the first time in 1990, you know, you have this yardage book kind of, and you go out there and you check it, and you want to know how far it is from A to B. But the thing about St. Andrews is you get up there one day and it's blowing 15 miles an hour one direction or the other, right. and you, you can't see the bunkers, mm. right? You can just see – movement in the turf right, i mean because right. it's lynx land and so taking lines off the tees incredibly difficult but now they have these yardage books that have pictures in them okay where you can kind of figure out i need to aim at that sheep in the distance uh, right. on, and, and you know okay. in, in that okay. pasture and that's my line uh-huh. but 
that's controversial too. So with Green's books going away, I'm wondering if that's the next thing to go. Oh, because yeah, I could go out there and caddy for you with one of these books at St. Andrews tomorrow, and I could give you the perfect line off mm. every tee. Okay. And there's no some, way we're hitting that, by the way. The perfect well, line. There's I've, no I've way. I've heard well, about you guys. They might. I can't. I won't be able. To. So <laughs> they they might actually. Me no. If I polled you guys individually and I said who's the best player in this room between the three of you. <laughs> Would all of you put <laughs> Vern is standing up? Vern, Vern shot up listening. out of his chair. Okay, yeah, no, Vern, Vern is the longest hitter mm-hmm. in the in the room. And in, the, in this player. day and age, that equates sometimes <laughs> to being well. Okay, but then some of us are better are, short game. You, you're, you got the better hands, are better putters. Well, but you won't you won't have a better time than playing with me. I mean, I'm you'll starting have to believe that. I'm starting to believe. I'm signing up. So you know, you you talked a little bit about the you know the television folks talking about the dollar bill thing or whatever mm-hmm. right so you, you let's talk a little bit about you and television um because uh you know obviously your experience on tour you know caddying gives great insight when you're able to communicate that and it almost reminds me of like john madden how he would try to teach as he's brought yes. i hear that with yes. you where where when you're on the course and you're talking you're teaching you're like yeah well the, as you're trying to give you know give give, give color to uh commentary um and so it's obvious how being a caddy has influenced that. But how has that other side influenced what you do when you caddy, if that makes any yeah. sense? Like, has it at all, like working television, doing analysis, has it influenced the way you caddy a little bit more? Has yeah. anything changed in your perspective? It's funny because when I started to do TV and you spent 25 years working for one player, all of a sudden I need to start looking at a golf course because, you know, I'm covering Kevin Na, mm-hmm. who doesn't hit the ball anywhere near as far as Phil Mickelson. Right. And it made you think about certain things. And, and you know, one of the problems I, you know, I had to get over quickly <clears throat> doing television is, you know, I can't assume that everybody's got the greatest short game in the world like Phil does. <laughs> right. So I'd be calling shots and, you know, the guy would be two or three yards. And I'm going, well, he's trying to make this. And then the guy would chip it. Chip it he'd, he'd, be chip, he'd chip it to seven feet and high five his caddy. Right. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, because, you know, not everybody chips it like Phil. Right, right, so, right. You know, you start to realize these things and you make those adjustments, but it started, yeah, it's a great point. It's, it made me realize how differently people do things from the very subtle things like, you know, not everybody out there takes their putter straight back. And, you know, some guys kind of hook their putts a little bit. Right. So, you know, reading greens and how, you know, that affects what you tell your player because mm-hmm. your player is kind of, you know, turning it over a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of how he rolls it. Just, and, and like the banter. You know, I can hear so much. If, if, if we're over here in the right rough and the two players are over the left side of the fairway, I'm not hearing the back and forth. But with these microphones now, oh, I'm man. hearing these conversations. <laughs> so I'm learning about caddying yeah. while I'm doing TV. Right. And, and, and the thing about caddying, in, in, in my experience, is a big part of it is, is the economy of words. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm caddying for you and it's a stressful situation and you're asking me what I think, you know, I may have the right answer, hopefully, but... I need to say it in eight words, not 30. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because you've got exactly. enough you got, on your plate, right. and I need to get in and get yeah. out and right. get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So to that yeah. point, uh, I was telling these guys, I was listening to a podcast with CeCe uh, Sabathia. Right. He was talking about the relationship between the pitcher and the catcher. And what he, the way he broke it down, I had no idea how intense that relationship was. And I said, man, this is the closest any major sport has to what it's like to be a caddy. But the catcher still gets a big contract. He still gets paid the same way. So – when you're the cycle, you talked about psychological pressure. Does that ever enter your mind when you're trying to both help your golfer, but you're you're both really under a stressful situation? Yeah, because you you know there are financial implications for both of you. Right? No, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I can only speak for myself. I, I'm 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 grateful in that 
I only felt anxiety once ever in all the 30, oh, 32 wow. years I caddy, and that was a time fairly early on in, in my caddy life when my player had a chance to break 60. Okay. Mm. And we were in Las okay. Vegas. You know, it's uh-huh. just such a random thing. Right, and, right. You know, it happens on occasion now, but back then it didn't happen very much. Right. And I thought to myself, I don't want to be the guy here that talks guy in the wrong club, and he shoots 60 instead of 59 because <laughs> right. like that, that yeah. you know, that golden goose kind of thing. Right, 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 right. But but the but the reality is that you know in those situations, if you're lucky to you know, be caddying for a guy that's got a chance to win the Masters or a major or any tournament, right. you know you know if you just you know I'm not hitting a shot, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and thank God for that. But it's like you know it, it, it's. I have way more time to kind of think and gather my thoughts about this upcoming club selection right. than he does because he's dealing with winning the tournament and right. his own emotions and what's at the end of the rainbow potentially. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, that wasn't something that I ever dealt with, uh, and I'm really grateful for that because, you know, I, he certainly the, if, if a player ever looks down at his caddy and thinks the caddy's freaking out a little bit, well, then you've got major right. stress. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. All right, so as our time uh, draws to a close, we want to 20 minutes with you. Um, uh, one last, I started with a selfish. I got, I got some more time. Oh, well, check that out. Well, yeah. I started with an ongoing kind of selfish uh, question right, right. within with, with in, in, uh, inner turmoil with the group. Uh, one other one. Um, the, the, the golf hoodie and jogger pant. It's okay, right? Yeah, it's okay. And hot tops, right on the. Oh, yeah. I, oh, no. I mean, I like, <laughs> I got these friends now. Obviously, everybody likes wearing Jordans, and yeah. I didn't realize I, that you can take these Jordans now, and there's some business somewhere where they'll take your favorite yeah. pair of tennis but, shoes and turn them. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I love going to tournaments now. I went to a, 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 a women's professional event recently when I was doing television, and a number of them had Jordans on. I thought it was the coolest thing mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So, I'm all in on that. Okay, and I don't want to get you in trouble with this. Are you? You don't have to answer it, but you just talked about the ladies. If there was one or two on, on the LPGA tour that you would caddy for, would love to caddy for, who would it be? Oh, man. There's so You talk about the death on the PGA tour. There's so it's much death on the LPGA tour, too. It's crazy how many ladies I went. There. I did a women's PGA at Aronimink outside of Philadelphia, and I'd been there as a caddy on the men's tour, mm-hmm. and it's a legit golf course. And it's got some movement, and it, the weather wasn't particularly good and breezy. And Jennifer Cupshow, mm-hmm. who was the young woman that won the first ever Augusta okay. National Women's yeah, Amateur, yep. mm-hmm. the I think the second round of the tournament, she hit 18 greens in regulation. <laughs> so I'm sitting here thinking about that. I'm like, I, I don't care. You bring out Tiger, bring them all out yeah, there. Yeah, and yeah. if you had to bet, you know, a hundred bucks of your own money, mm-hmm. is he going to go play from these same tees and hit a hundred greens in regulation with rough out there? I'm, you know, I don't yeah. know which way I'd bet, but all I know yeah. is those women can flat out play. And I think it's so cool that like recently the USGA has done what they've done in terms of getting the purses where they yes. need to be mm-hmm. going to some great golf courses. So Not good. that they haven't already, but take, mm-hmm. they should yeah. be playing the best too, just Agreed. like the men do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's awesome. I was blown away by what I saw out there. It was really cool. So okay. we're going to, to abandon this, this uh, up, upcoming August, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We've never, I think it's five days straight golf, 36 holes one of those days. The first all, day, first day is 30. Yeah. 18, 18, 18. All walking. Okay. We've yeah. never walked that much on a golf course okay. in our life. How do we prepare for that? Advil. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I mean, you're going to have a great time. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I, the, I think the thing it's fair to say is I went to Bannon and did the U.S. Amateur two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and I'd never been. Uh-huh. Man, it's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. Now, Grant, it's going to blow, most mm-hmm. likely, and, you, and, you're, and you're ready for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you take your wind ball with you, but... Uh-huh. 
like I was like, man, I, I'm I, I'm I'm over expecting here. I, this is not fair. What I thought going in, we t- the crazy thing was we all took our clubs, uh-huh. but because of COVID, they wouldn't let us play. We had to be in this bubble for the uh, U.S. Okay. Amateur, okay. so we never got to tee it up. It's incredible. Mm. Whatever you've heard, it's uh-huh. that much better. Wow. And uh, the, the the town's amazing. If you go to the ocean there in in the town of Bandon, they have these amazing rock structures that come out of the ocean. It looks like mm. something out of Star Wars. But the <laughs> golf courses are incredible. You will have the time of your lives. Can't wait. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, he said he's not golf royalty, but clearly he is. Bones, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, I had a blast. Man. I want to come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's Golf DMV. All right, Gary, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Golf DMV. Thank you for having me. Well, it's the pleasure to be here. The pleasure is certainly all ours. Absolutely. You're the tournament director of the Wells Fargo Championship. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the move uh, to bring the Wells Fargo Championship here to TPC Potomac Avenue. Yes, originally it was supposed to be here last year. The conflict is because the President's Cup is going to be at Quail Hollow. Originally, pre-COVID, that was going to be in 21, and we had anticipated being here in May of 21, but because the Ryder Cup was delayed a year, which moved the President's Cup back, all of a sudden it's May of 22, and I'm glad we had the extra year. No, absolutely. And it's a beautiful course, beautiful place. It presents crazy challenges yes. <laughs> as well yes. to play. Uh, man, so uh, w- when it came to, you know, to coming here, what makes this course appealing for this championship? Well, when I talk to the players, the first thing they say about this course, it is hard. Mm-hmm, yeah. But then I'll tell you, it's a really good test of golf. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you've had tournaments here before. Uh, Francesco went deep here one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time he was here in 2018. But it's, you know, it's really built for, you know, quality golf shots. Uh, the back few holes certainly are built with kind of an amphitheater on 18, which is great for chalets and viewing. So it just fits well, and it's great. You know, we'd love to be back here in the in nation's capital. A lot of people, present company included, don't know everything it takes to get a tournament together. What are some of those nuances that those of us who come and enjoy it and watch it, oh, look at that shot, how do you make that putt? Right. Uh, but we don't know some of the things that it takes to, 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 to get these things going. What does it take? Well, that's a really good question. We have a full-time staff of about 12 people. Mm-hmm. So you've got year-round people that are working on marketing, people that are working on technique, people that are working on uh, volunteers. We'll have roughly 1,500 volunteers here. We have a you know, finance director. We have a couple of you know, tournament directors. We have a full-time sales staff. This became interesting because we had to send our sales staff up here a year ago. So they've been up here since the 1st of, of July. We oh, actually, wow. We actually hired, hired two individuals uh, now three years ago in 2019, thinking the tournament is in 21. So we've had a staff up here. You've got to be out in front of it. So when you come out and you see yeah, those chalets yeah. and all mm-hmm. those premium hospitals, mm-hmm. the Pro-Am, how is it sold out? Mm-hmm. Because they've been out in advance of the developing partnerships. We've had tournaments here before, you know, mm-hmm. everything else. But with what we had at Caves last year, that excellent, the BMW, the BMW champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, do we see this as like maybe a boon to sort of get more tournaments back in the Mid-Atlantic area? I mean, the response from Baltimore was pretty cool. Well, I, I do think that the nation's capital deserves an annual event. I could not agree more. <laughs> you, you, you look in D.C., the 18 was the last one here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 31 is the next one scheduled. Okay. Wow. You know, I do know in Charlotte we have a conflict in 25. Mm. We need to make this tournament very, very successful. Okay. And, yes. uh, you know, I can't, I can't speculate, but mm-hmm. if this thing is successful and when the PGA comes to Quail Hall, you know, is there an opportunity to come back and t- perhaps? Right. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. yeah. yeah. And, and I can tell you, I have talked to a lot of the members here. 
some people like golf about every three years. That's an interesting. That's right. You know, occupy their course, yeah. right? Because but, I've seen I've seen this dynamic where there are you know some private clubs because there's not Avenel, but there's one you know uh, too not too away. far from yeah. here yeah. where yeah. people get upset when they drive by it every day. <laughs> where, where, where people get a little upset when you know when the yeah. tour players come to play on my you know at my, at my club and, and and they don't like that thing every year because it, it does it takes up a lot of time. You spread it out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does, but I tell you what, it's a wonderful opportunity. Yes, if you are. You know, at, at Quail Hall, for instance, it's annual. But but here, you know, when you don't see these guys every year to mm-hmm. be able to host a PGA Tour event, you're talking about worldwide attention. Mm-hmm. Has brought your golf course at TPC Potomac. You know, to me, the benefits far outweigh. Okay, mm-hmm. I might have the yeah. course might have been closed for ten days. Sure. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, as someone who um, is not a member of a high priced <laughs> club, um, it, it's interesting because you know, it's for me. Um, you know, congressional Congo had always been like, whoa, Congo, Congo. So I got the chance to see it when the, you know, when the tour went to congressional, right? Right. right. And then next thing you know, um, when the last time that they, the last two years that the tour was here outside of caves, uh, they were here at Avenel. And my first time here was like, whoa, this place is amazing. Right. This course Where is, this is nuts. Yeah. I mean, out of no matter where we've traveled from Vegas, Florida, anywhere else, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, we've got Bandon coming up. Number 10 here? You gotta be kidding me. Number yeah, ten here at Avenue. <laughs> but that's the kind of that's the kind of exposure that happens at, at courses like this. Oh, you know, when no the question. tour players come. You know, come. you talk about ten and eleven. Eleven at one time was the hardest hole in the tour <sighs> right here. Uh, mm-hmm. Both those holes back to back. There's mm-hmm. a lot of danger. But yes, this is this is a quality PGA golf course. And right. I mentioned the players say it's hard, but the next thing they have a lot of respect for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, you know? yeah, of course. And, yeah. uh, you know, with the changes, they really like it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you've got to drive the ball straight here. Uh, it's a great test of golf, but the people are hitting the ball best tend to win here. No, absolutely. And so you talked about, uh, you know, if we have a successful tournament. From a director's standpoint, what makes a successful tournament? Well, there's a lot of things. One is, is first, can you attract a, a great field, mm-hmm. which generates ticket sales. End of day, it's revenue. PGA Tour is all about charity. Mm-hmm. It's all about charity. We're not taking one penny out of this marketplace. We're going to leave a minimum of three-quarters of a million dollars to charity. Mm-hmm. A number of addition- wow. initiatives, whether it's DI initiatives, whether it's military initiatives, whether it is first tee initiatives, those types things that mm-hmm. you know we want to be able to support the community if the tournament is more successful and generates more dollars that's not going in anybody's back pocket we yes. want to be able to donate more to charity mm-hmm. we've donated 26 million dollars since the inception of this start of the tournament and right. we're guaranteed three wow. quarters of a million so you know there's a lot of people those less fortunate those in need and that's the thing that we, we give a lot of money to a children's hospital and right. and boy i tell you there's no better days at work than you go hmm. down and write a big check to some you know a child who has cancer somebody that mm-hmm. really is going to benefit or a family that literally cannot afford housing while their child's in the hospital those yeah. are the things that are near and dear to, to wells fargo and near and dear to, to our wells fargo championship staff yeah, oh, yeah listeners put a pin in that I'm not going to say anymore. Just hear what he said. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, exactly. Donating to hospitals. Yeah. yeah. This is where the money goes. Right? Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, yeah, 100% right. So let's talk a little bit about golf and, uh, and you. Do you get out to play a lot? Do you love the game? You know, uh, I love the mm-hmm. game. I used to be good. Now I have a terrible back. Uh, I shot 87 this Saturday. So that I had I'll played, take that. I had played two I'll months, t- but <laughs> I, I, I'm a bad single digit handicap. It's probably the best way to explain it. No, but, no. but I love playing with a great group. 
group. I love the fellowship. Oh, absolutely. I think golf's yeah. one of those sports, and my brother was a state champion. I think it's just one oh. of those sports that you grew up playing, mm-hmm. and as you get older, it's been very impactful in business. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Mean, I've closed yeah. a lot of deals, developed a lot of oh, friendships, yes. relationships, <laughs> and there's something about golf. You learn about somebody's honor and integrity. And, you <laughs> or know, lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. you never play with those guys again. <laughs> right, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely happen. don't bet them. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, so you, uh, you talked about, um, you know, the, the staff and, and the amount of people that, that are uh, working on uh, putting the tournaments together. Um, talk a little bit about, because, I mean, you know, it, it's a year-round thing to get this event going on. It's a lot of stress, a lot of deadlines. There's money wrapped into it. There's a charity, stuff like that. What makes a good team to, to, to put on a tournament? You know, everybody's got to be rolling the same direction. There's a lot of books on leadership, good, greats, one of the one mm-hmm. of those great ones, and so forth. You know, culture and fit are very important to me. So when we hire, you want people that mm-hmm. are rowing in the same direction, that, that work hard. We're in one of those, you know, the, the, the peak hours. You know, during tournament week, we might sleep three or four hours a night. Wow. You don't get tired. Wow. It sounds right, like right. for seven days. Right. But about the following Tuesday, yeah, you got, <laughs> your, body hits, your body hits the wall, but you go on adrenaline, and, and then the players leave you on Monday. You go, where did you go? You know, what you say? And they're off to the next event, you know. Yeah, so right. so for us, it's 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 you know, I can do attitude. It's people that absolutely, that may not be their job responsibility, but they pitch in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we, I kind of use the word kick ass with class. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to I like go it. out and run something world class. Um, but, you know, be competitive doing it and making certain we have creative ideas to improve the tournament. For us this year, it's about, okay, we're coming to a new venue we've never executed here before. Mm-hmm. Now, our director of operations has done all the build. Uh, with the previous tournament that was here, so but for a lot of it's new, and that's that's sure. exciting right. and change, and we come at it from a new lens. Yeah, and you put the PGA Tour together, Wells Fargo, you know what I mean, and all the charities going on. That's that's a that's a big deal. So for those listening uh, here in the DMV and even outside of it, uh, you know what, what's what's the pitch? Why come to the Wells Fargo? Well, first of all, I think the Wells Fargo Championship, the players voted it the last time they voted as the mm-hmm. the Players Choice Award is their favorite event on the tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wells Fargo is a fantastic title partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I have, have a Wells Fargo card in my wallet as go. we speak. I'm a Wells Fargo. I think anyway. the timing of the year is one of the critical things. I think mm-hmm. one of the probably difficulties when they had golf here is mid-July. Is, I mean, it's 97 degrees every day. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's not fun and comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, in early May, it ought to be picture-perfect weather, mm-hmm. you know. We're knock on wood, pray for that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, to come out, and, and not everybody is here to watch golf, but we're going to have a lot of the world's best golfers. We're going to have a field of 156, and mm. there's so much to be seen. I think there's just a lot to learn from, from, from golf, and mm-hmm. quite frankly, with the children 15 and under free, it's very affordable. That caught my very eye, because my son, he's not. He loves golf, um, and I believe in tournaments past, he, at least the last two he went to, he definitely needed tickets, I think. Can but, I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Is there any other professional sport he gets in free? No, no. absolutely not. No. Absolutely exactly. not. Exactly. No. We, and we just took game. them to a Washington Wizards game to watch them lose again. Yeah. And <laughs> they had to pay full price. Yeah. Yeah. Goodell said give them a money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they didn't give them the nine-year-old price? No, they didn't give them the nine-year-old No, but you're right. You know, and by the way, I should mention this too, like, I don't think there's another sport also where the players are so great with kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so my son, I'm, yeah. I've told this story a million times uh, on this show and others that, so, so uh, my son uh, at three years old, Fascinated with Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler. So anyway, we go to a tournament again. Three, four, he watched Ricky Fowler warm up for an hour at three years old. Just stands by the fence and watches him. Uh, uh, we, uh, Ricky Fowler holds out on eight, walking from eight uh, green to nine tee box. And my son Manny just screams, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. He looks over, he gives him a wave, and then he stops, 
and hands him the ball that oh, he was playing wonderful. with. But then, and so that was great, right? But right. every year we go to tournaments, they're signing autographs, they're signing hats, they're taking pictures. Um, more than any other sport that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, these yeah, players. It's interesting. COVID, they, COVID kind of stopped that. Yeah, but it's yeah, back. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, will, oh, yeah. uh, we, will, we will most likely have an autograph zone That's, again. Okay. It's just unbelievable. Round, but, but COVID, that was one of the things you hated in the players. Mm-hmm. Right. Players missed that too. But, and, you, and you can tell they love it. Yes. I mean, my wife, and my wife, who doesn't know anybody on tour, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't pay, care one way about golf, but she'll come because, you know, we're there. Um, she remembers for two years in a row, Mark Leishman literally would stand around and would talk to, like, have a conversation with our son. Like, just yeah. talk to him about, Regular stuff before he goes in with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are great with kids. It's amazing to see them grow the There's game. No question. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, that's wonderful. Um, you had mentioned uh, the players voted this tournament uh, their their favorite, the, the players' choice. What do you think? What do you? Why do you think that is? What is it that differentiates this tournament to the players? I, I think it's how we've treated not only the players but the caddies. Mm-hmm. Caddies mm-hmm. historically and unfortunately, we can't hear been able to park right in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. They've had their own. Sharing facilities, their own dressing area. You know, we've treated everybody with Southern hospitality and, mm-hmm. you know, here Mid-Atlantic hospitality. So for us, everybody's important. It's yeah. not just the player, but it's the surrounding support staff. It's the, it's the food we provide the families, right. you know, first class and, and, uh, you know, all the amenities really that we go the extra mile to make certain that their experience is just a world class one. Mm-hmm. And they feel that. Yeah, no, they definitely do because Bones was talking about that, and yeah. it, it shocked us that mm-hmm. cat. cat yeah, we were shocked. Like, Whoa, yeah. wait yeah. a minute, are you serious? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, one of the things Wells did years ago, um, and they in the pro amps instead of playing three players, they played two. Mm-hmm. You know, so the pace of play was faster. You know, <laughs> all the players got Mercedes. Mm-hmm. You know, with with, with courtesy uh, cars. So wow. you know, it's just those things. That now the tour is elevated every mm-hmm. tournament, but. Phil had mentioned a year ago, he told Mr. Harris that, hey, you guys elevated the tour. Mm-hmm. And yes. that was an important You did it first, you set the standard. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. At that time, that was, that was pre-Wells, but it certainly uh, uh, was still bank. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, just the ability to go out and do everything in a, world, in a world-class fashion. Wow. You know, and, and you see that in all walks of life. You know, you see that in work. You yeah. see, you know, how you guys handle yourselves in business. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it wins long-term. Absolutely. 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 I want to wish you the best of luck. I think it's going to be, me say kick ass with class. I like that. I think it's going to be a kick ass tournament for a couple of reasons. One, no one to miss that competition. But again, the turnout last year was amazing. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a crowd here of golfers, mm-hmm. of golf fans that's thirsty for oh, a tournament 100%. to be here. One, mm-hmm. two, fingers crossed. We're coming off of, you know, COVID, Omicron. I think everything's letting up. I think there's going to be an explosion of people who are ready to get out mm-hmm. and be outdoors mm-hmm. and see the best in the world play. Uh, at a t- at a tough test like Avenels, I think well, I think the turnout's going to be amazing. Well, and that's key too because I mean we've we've had tournaments here before, but it wasn't always the strongest field. I mean, I'm just right. going to be honest. No, you know, Wells Fargo, you know, turn, yeah. Wells Fargo, the players turn out for Wells Fargo, yeah. so it's yeah. going to be good to see so some of the players that we haven't had a chance to see yet. Star power is important. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Talking to star power and world class. That's you, Gary. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Golf guys. DMV. All right, guys, again, thanks for listening to Golf DMV. Wonderful interviews. Listen, just listening back to it, uh, Vern and Lawrence and myself, we, said we, we need to do a show where we talk about the interview. We need to break down some of the stuff that we heard. Can't wait to do it. Again, shout out to the Love Life Cafe, uh, conveniently located in Laurel, Maryland. Try those raw press juices, man. Again, my favorite one uh, is the hydration station, but all of them are good. Even the liver lover uh, beats apples 
oranges, lemon, and ginger. Really, really good. Try it all again. And when you go there, tell them Golf DMV sent you. Uh, the, the, the code is Golf or Love. You can say either one of those words, and they're going to take care of you there at the Love Life Cafe. And also shout out to uh, our new family members here on Golf DMV Reveal Wealth, Al Johnson, Broderick Young. They care about your financial planning, financial planning, retirement planning, business planning. Want to make sure that you uh, are set um, when it comes to your finances. They have a holistic approach. They're going to come on the show. They're going to talk about that. We're going to do a whole lot of things with them because we want to make sure that, uh, and you know what, matter of fact, maybe what we can do is do a whole Golf DMV Reveal Wealth situation at the Love Life Cafe. Yeah, where they're going to help you uh, with your finances. Uh, so yeah, for more information on the Love Life Cafe and Reveal Wealth, you can check out golfdmv.com. All right, y'all, till next time. Hi, this is Daniel Rue the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.